You're listening to Changing Reality. Changing Reality, where we bend reality all across the world. Only on WQHS So hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of Changing Reality. So welcome one, welcome all. Changing Reality is a show where we basically interview phenomenal people of all walks of life. So if this is the first time that you're tuning in to Changing Reality, welcome as I said. And through this show, we'll actually be hanging out and interviewing amazing people from social change makers, entrepreneurs, business owners, to even artists, musicians, industry leaders, and inspiring individuals from all across the world. So through listening to these inspiring stories, hopefully we'll be able to pick out little nuggets of wisdom that we can use in our own journeys of crafting the careers and the paths ahead of us. And I wanted to do this show simply because I feel like there are a lot of people out there who do phenomenal things and make waves in the lives of those around them. And I'm super passionate about learning how these people are achieving such things through their own capacities and how by doing so they don't change their own lives but change the lives of those around them and i'm a big believer that hearing these stories sharing them around with each other has true potential to create change in a sense and that the power of these stories can uh, give you the insights that you need to actually achieve the success that you want to in life so personally to show you how much I love and value the importance of stories in a sense. I actually founded and run a youth movement called Ascendance back at home in Malaysia, which is where I'm from, that collaborates with not only our Malaysian Ministry of Education, but organizations across the world. We work with over 28 different countries to help uh, provide an alternative education platform for any student who wants to change their reality. So we work with students from elementary all the way up to college through various sessions, programs, experiential learning activities, and projects that help them discover their passion, learn about themselves and the world around them, and start their own careers while they're still in school that creates meaningful impact not just for themselves, but for those around them too. And we've been fortunate to date to work with over 35,000 students in 970 communities and have incubated countless number of student-run projects and social enterprises run by students aged 8 to 25 years old themselves. And the basis of all of this is stories. It's kind individuals who've taken their time to share their experiences, their expertise, so that others, especially the students we work with, may learn from those experiences and, as I said, apply those lessons and shortcuts in their own journeys. So in the same vein of that, I hope that this show, Changing Reality, is that same platform for all of you viewers today in in the sense that through this show, you will be able to pick up the things that you need to change your own reality and, as I said, live the life that you want. And today's speaker is someone who truly embodies that. She's someone who has definitely changed the reality around her, uh, changed herself in a sense, and today creates impact in the lives of so many other people around her. I actually have had the good fortune of knowing her from the work that I do with the sentence. Um, I think she was one of the earliest supporters that we had, uh, probably one of, probably top contender for earliest supporter as well. And it's been over the last seven years, the support that she's given a sentence has been truly unwavering. Uh, when I first met her, she was introduced as someone who has time and money freedom in a sense. That means to a sense that she doesn't need to necessarily work her, her regular hours and all of that. She has enough funds to sustain at least for a long period of time in a sense. But she does it and she does her work in her career because she loves it and also because it's an avenue to give back. 
She is none other than the founder uh, and CEO of Simply Empowering, an uh, outsourced accounting company that specializes in guiding individuals and businesses to take good care of their business and personal wealth assets. She's an accountant, speaker, trainer, uh, and she works with me personally on my finances as well. And she focuses mainly on empowering individuals to take care of their finances in simple and practical manners, in a sense. As I said, in both the business sense and the personal sense. So uh, other than, uh, uh, than helping businesses and all of that, she's also someone who has given back to the SME community of the small and medium enterprise community in Malaysia uh, through her time and expertise as well and has provided so much good service today with her company in not just uh, in empowering businesses but also training the next generation of finance professionals. So without further ado, let's welcome the amazing Miss Joyce Lim to our virtual stage. Hi Joyce, how are you? <laughs> Hi, <laughs> that's a very long intro. Thank you so much, Hasha, for having me on this show. I've been following the the thing. I was thinking, like, what can I contribute here? Those people <gasps> in here are so so amazing, and I'm just one accountant. <laughs> Joyce, that is a serious lie. So I'm going to have to spoil something for our audience before we start. We ignore Joyce and everyone for a minute. But Joyce is actually one of the most humble and kind people that I've ever met. She's someone, as I said earlier, who's been such a huge contributor to the work that we've done and personally a mentor to me in many things that I've done. So I know for a fact that Joyce is incredibly successful. There's so many clients who owe their life and their business to Joyce in a sense. And at the same time, someone who's personally successful in as I said, having your own financial freedom in a sense and your time freedom as well, which is an added bonus on top of that. So, Joyce, oh, we'll be okay. thank you for your kind words. All right. Okay. Yeah. Today's the brag day. But <laughs> joking, joking, I'll brag. <laughs> but you are someone who is truly amazing because, as, as I've been saying so many times, you have a successful mm. career. You give back to the community and at the same time you do something that you are passionate about something that you love in a sense and that's always kind of like a triple threat right you're successful you give back but also you, you do something you enjoy so you have a holistic amazing exciting life that i think many people who probably are planning out their careers in high school or college right now can only dream to live a life like yours in a sense but I'm very curious in the sense of how you actually ended up running your own business into the place that where you were, where you are today in this industry of finance in a sense. I know many people, um, especially at Penn, who love the finance industry. They're crazy about it in a sense. And probably they'd love to be able to do something similar to what you do. So tell me a little bit about when you decided to get into this finance industry. Was it something that you've always loved? Was it something you just naturally flew into? Or was it something that you hated completely and you're like, no, I don't like finance. I never want to get into this. Okay. How how did I start in this finance industry? Um, I would say being an entrepreneur was never in the plan. I actually intended just to find a job, uh, a secure job, do it uh, for a number of years until I retire. So that was the plan. But it didn't turn out that way because... Um, Something happened along the way. So I will just tell a little bit of um, a flashback when I was in school. Way back in school, you just do well in school. <laughs> you study whatever is given to you. You do well in it. And they tell you, okay, you are good in maths. You should take up science subject. And that's how I went in there. 
And when I was in the science subject, science stream, I didn't quite like all the science subjects. Or maybe I was afraid of it and I say, I don't think I want to take this because it's kind of a tough subject to take. And so I thought uh, going into what we call the art stream where you do economics, you do accounting would be a better choice. And so I, I move on. That's easier. I find that harder. Okay, continue. Uh, that's, my, that's in my view, is it? Because I, I don't know anything about this. And at that time, there wasn't any uh, counselor or anything to, to actually, uh, or I wasn't really proactive enough to go and ask around, you know, actually, what does an accountant do and things like that? It's just that, okay, if you're good in maths, you should be an accountant. You can be a teacher and stuff like that. So that's why when I have to choose the subject to take up in my uh, last year in, in, in high school, I choose accounts and maths because I was good in those things. Uh, actually, I was good in maths only. I was only taking accounting at my last year in school. So it is a totally new subject, but I was able to um, understand and actually do well in it. Lah. So when it comes to choosing a degree, and uh, of course, you want to be in the top university at that time. So that's what happened to me and based on my result i was able to be accepted in the university and based on my result accounting was one of the options and so then it went into uh, accounting so it sort of like steered me towards there based on what i'm good at or how uh how well i do in the exams so back in the university it's more on um there's uh, nowadays they have internship where you go in and figure out whether these are the things that you want or not but at that time we don't have that so after the uh, the four years in the university, uh, I, I applied for a, a, a job. And I actually never really set any expectation where to go, but I only know that I want to go to the big accounting firm to gain my experience to be uh, so that I can apply for membership as a, a qualified accountant. And so one of the in one of the uh, interview and um, they, they kind of like how I answer, I guess. If not, I will get accepted in the in the in the job. So I was there, and it was a very. I would say, looking back, it was a one amazing uh, experience because um, a lot of them is actually like uh, we were very young team at that time, in a sense that uh, they are the young people, and then they are of course the senior people there. And one of the good thing about this this uh, one of the big four that I was in was that they always encourage us to interact as a team in the sense that uh, we go out audit as a team and we also have group outings so that in a way you interact outside of work so you, you, you know you get to know your friends and your colleagues in a different environment and somehow you get closer because you are you see a different side of people right and you are really uh how do i say um you in that environment i was very fortunate to really meet good friends and who are very sharing and very collaborative because they they don't they don't hold any information because at that time there wasn't any classes to learn about word and excel and my actually my colleague actually uh shared her knowledge and i don't know where she got it but you know she was just teaching me okay this is what you do and things like that and then it was so amazing that i get to learn from her Okay, so I, in a way, I still remember her from, I know, from then. The Excel and Word teacher, in a sense. Yeah, because she's, it, it's really different at that time because it was so amazing that somebody actually willing to share with me. And um, it was, 
I guess after that, it gave me the, how do I say it? Not to say the idea, but more on the, the uh, more reasons for me to actually share my knowledge and experience with other people. Because when I look back, there was someone who is actually in a way a stranger, although they are my colleague. I mean, you just know the person not too long and they are really willing to share what they know with me. So it it sort of, uh, it'll give me that uh, confidence to actually say, you know, somebody has actually shared with me their knowledge and experience. I should do the same to others. I guess that's the seed of where you say, you know, you give what you know to other people without any reservation. Uh, because in, in this industry, sometimes you think that, you know, after I share with someone or I train someone, they will go take over my job. Right, not so it just it never really crossed my mind. I think it was probably due to her, you know, sharing whatever she can with me without any reservation, and that actually caught on with me, and I'm more willing to share with others. Okay, so I think that part of it, uh, did I answer your question or I, I just diverted somewhere else? No, I think mm. that you did answer the question, says, and I'm very curious because again, you're so humble, I must brag for you. That you seem to have up and uh, like like a perfect life story. I would say you did really well in school. You uh, got your bachelor's degree from University of Malaya, which is I think the um, number one university in the country. The third, even that, right now, the number one. No, even now, the number one university in the country, third best university in Southeast Asia. <laughs> I think forty ninth in the world at that time when you were studying in a sense. So so a huge institution is so a huge achievement in itself. Then you go and work at this big four. And then I think the next step in your career is to, you know, or, or next step in the plan of the successful career is you actually went and worked in-house at a corporation in a sense, if I'm not mistaken, right? Yeah. So Yeah, that, that was the plan. That was the plan. But that was the plan. As, okay. Yeah. You know, this didn't turn out as planned because um, I think mainly because of myself, in a sense that when I choose to leave the the audit uh, industry was because I couldn't handle the stress that comes with it. I, and I would say it's, it's me because there are others who are there and they are doing fine. They do very well. They climb up the, you know, the corporate ladder in that, in that area. So it shouldn't be the industry, right? It should be me. So having that awareness now, I know it is because I couldn't handle the stress and I don't know how to ask for help at that time. So, um, so when I went to another job, I was thinking I'll go and look for some uh, medium-sized company, you know, and life would be much easier because I just need to do their accounts, which was not the case because there's a different challenges there. Uh, uh, there's something called office politics. <laughs> <laughs> so it's something called office politics because it's something which does happen in certain offices. And of course, if you know how to handle it, you should be able to survive there but again i don't know how to handle and i did the i would say you know the coward's way out to actually move on to another company thinking that you know i would just find the right environment not knowing that if i don't don't learn how to handle stress different environment will give me different kind of stress and the last environment in terms of the employment part will be this company that actually uh went into special administration because they were having some financial uh, crisis at that time. It was during the, the 1997-98 where we have the Asian financial crisis and that company was not able to pay their loans. 
and they were put under special administration by their bankers. So it's a different kind of stress. Because here you are having to do the work, knowing that it will eventually close down and you have to find another job. Okay. So of course, at the, when the time came for me to find a new job, I actually uh, did apply. But then I find that it's a very different environment out there or different scenario out there because I always thought that being an accountant, you know, you have the skill, you have the knowledge, whichever industry you go to, you'll be able to handle. But that was not what the, uh, basically is the one, two company that I went for interview for gave me the impression that that's not what they want. They want people who are skilled from day one meaning that they are not willing to give you the time to get used to the, the new environment or the new things that you're going to do. So I was in a, in a dilemma because if I continue on on this path, I will eventually, if let's say another crisis happened, I will actually face the same scenario and actually worse off because I'm actually more senior and the expectation for the pay scale is a bit higher at that time. So it will be more difficult for me to, to actually look for a job. Because most of the time, if, if from the accountant's point of view, I can understand, totally understand this. Because you want to manage your cost, you will hire someone with similar skills, but you pay less. It's, it's heartbreaking, but yeah. It's heartbreaking, but I know from the accountant's point of view, it's, it's reasonable. All right. So then I decided, like, you know, I, I don't want to be in this environment where I'm uh being um how to say i i don't really have any control so i thought being self-employed would be a better better option and so i went into self-employment however because i don't have the necessary skill sets and and i am not the one who really really good at marketing or learn or interested in learning about marketing i when i went to self-employment you really need to go out there and do some surveys and stuff like that so i wasn't very good at it and i i would say because of that my i went into financial debts because i need some funds to actually keep me afloat you know during that scenario during that that situation and that went on for close to about six seven years before i met my mentor and things sort of changed after that lah. Okay, but so, this is a very interesting point in a sense because many times I feel like we talk about how the financial crises affect institutions like banks and companies and all of that, but we seldom talk about the people effect that it has in a sense. The fear of job security, the mass retrenchments and all of that and what it does in a sense to the industries that it is in. So it's very interesting that you actually brought this up because you as a, as a professional at that point of time in a sense had to pivot your whole career due to that crisis in a way. And that essentially set the foundation for what you're doing. And I also like that point you mentioned about as an as like an individual who's been in employment to suddenly jump into self-employment. Sometimes we may like the skill set and all. I'm someone who will always be first to admit that if I was just straight away given a business to run or, or to make money for myself, I would fail miserably. And I haven't even worked anyway, so I can only assume that it must be harder for those making that switch in a sense. So yeah. tell me a little bit, Leia, about kind of like that, that period of time in your life, those couple of years where you like where you were attempting to do the self-employment thing and all of that. You mentioned having these loans, these debts and all of that. What was kind of like the, the reciprocal emotional 
journey that we were going through at that point because it probably wasn't like necessarily the most fun and happiest time in a sense right of course it's not the happiest time i mean it's one i would say one of my saddest time but uh actually if you are frankly i can say i don't remember much what happened then it, it's more of me drifting in life and uh because i don't really know how to ask for help at that time and uh, people are actually afraid to talk to me about it because it's like maybe it's an asian thing you don't talk about your problems to other people right so is uh you are kind of like miserable and you are actually fearful in a way because of uh something called ego because uh you don't want other people to know that you're not doing well right not. i don't know about uh i mean you try to put up a front you try to be, you know, still okay. You know, you go out there and show that you're still okay uh, because you don't want other people to know. But actually, sometimes when you are really not okay and you approach the right people, uh, which happened to me in the sense that when, when I met the right person, uh, that person actually helped me to get out of. That helped me to get out from my emotional, uh, you know, I guess my emotional what you call it turmoil uh, turmoil yeah turmoil or negative emotions that i had at that time you know uh so you, you just need probably i would say that you you know sometimes you need to open up yourself on that part during that that time uh i am very blessed that i when i open up or uh, i was guided to open up lah, because you don't really suddenly open up to someone it's like when you are in that scenario of uh, despair, sometimes you just don't know how to, who to reach out to and things like that. And some, and fortunately for me, uh, nature sent me someone who is very willing to work with me. Although I was this uncooperative person who don't talk much and things like that. So you don't really know what's going on in my mind at that time. So he was there, uh, my, my mentor, Elango Diagu. He was there to actually listen. He was there to be my friend. He was there to actually guide me slowly um, to not to build my business at that time. It was actually to build myself because at that time, point of time, one, I don't have confidence, right? I don't have any uh, confidence to, to go out there and meet people, to share with them what I can do and things like that because I have doubt, self-doubt about myself. My friends are doing well, I'm not. So something is wrong, isn't it? Even though people don't tell you, you know that thing is wrong. So that's what happened in the sense that he started to build me up, build me from ground up, meaning that one, he looked at the emotional part, you know, when you have a friend who can listen to you and make no judgment, you definitely feel better. Okay, so you are you free up that, that space in you where you, know, you have less, negative emotion because you have poured it all out that's one thing and then physically of course we started when you are uh, able to actually go out there and move around a bit and things like that you physically you get a little bit better although there was a time where i had a, a medical crisis where i need to take care of and i was recuperating at home but the good thing that came out of it is that it gave me a glimpse of what is what i can possibly do in uh, or how can I, how else can I provide my service as an accountant? Because in my mind, I always thought that being an accountant, I need to go to the client's office, do the work and come back. But here, when I was recuperating at home, 
my mentor actually asked me, hey, uh, since you are at home and somebody needs help with doing their accounts, can you help them to do it? Then I say, I, I cannot go to their office. How am I supposed to do their accounts? Right? No, I, I'm not mobile. Yeah. I cannot teleport. Right? Totally work from home era. Yeah. So that time before the work from home era. Lah, so what happened was, say, he said, no, no, it's okay. They will provide all the information to you because at that time we have email ready. So it's fine. Okay, they have they will send the email to you. you. Just do your work and then you email back to them. So and that that's how it, I would say that's how it all started in the sense that oh okay I can provide this kind of service. Is it I don't need to physically be in office. So that actually free up some of my time because traveling takes time. With all the the traffic and things like that, it takes time. So you know if I'm working from home and with the good internet, I can actually do the work and have actually a little bit more time. Uh, to do the work and also a little bit more time for myself lah, in the sense that I'm able to actually take more rest when I'm at home and things like that. And with, with my mentor being there, it's like he sort of, there's somebody who, who can uh, in a way guide me to actually expand my business. So the business is not expansion in the sense that I go out there and do marketing. It's maybe strange to some people is actually me having the confidence that uh i can do this business and business actually came uh when it's more like referral somebody referred another company and things like that and at that time my my mentor was actually mentoring uh startups so naturally there's a natural pool of business for me that's one thing and then the, the others actually came when my confidence uh, went up that i can provide this kind of service and people start coming to looking for me to do the work. Lah. So that's how I move into this part of uh, entrepreneurship in a sense. It's very interesting because earlier we spoke a little bit about the self-employment chapter in your mm. life in a sense. Where without the, 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 I would say, the internal tools in a sense to, to take uh -huh. on self-employment, it, mm. it ended up not being a good experience yep. for you in a sense. What do you think were maybe some of the things that were different now when once you had a mentor, once you had a, a, an environment in a sense? What, what were kind of like the, the main lessons or, or characters that you had to build in order mm -hmm. to, to successfully be an entrepreneur? I think the difference, uh, if you look at it from that way, it was it's kind of like um, nice that you asked that. So it gave me a reflection time, you know. So what is, what is so different? And being self-employed, you're still on your own. This one is there. It's just my mentor is there. Of course, with a mentor, it can guide you. At that time, they are also my seniors who are also guiding me. So what actually is the difference? The difference is that when I was doing self-employment, I'm into something which I think I can do, but I'm not really keen on doing. It's something... Uh, where else? In this area of self-outsourced accounting, I actually do like accounting. It's just that how I provide the service or in what environment am I providing the service? Because when I was in employment, I have different, different scenarios, right? I, I mentioned that it's like uh, some are good, some are not so good. There's some, you know, friction here and then things like that. But here I'm more in control in the sense that I can choose who I work with. After a certain, a certain time now, when I'm better financially, I can actually choose my client. So there's a, a little bit sense of freedom there. In the sense that when you are okay financially, if you certain clients are not uh, who you want to be your client, you can actually let go. Okay, 
You fire your clients. You cannot fire yourself from your job. You can fire your clients. Okay. Fire, fire actually, in a way, it's fire yourself from the job and things like that. But there are people out there who, who still tolerate the client or whoever it is. Some just, just don't cut it with you. Lah, because Not because they are no good, because they have certain different value system that is different from yours. Okay, so I also learned this thing about letting go of clients from my mentor because uh, it's not easy to let go because you are getting income from there. To actually cut off a client means that you are actually stopping income from coming in, right? But the other part of it is that if you if you don't let go of some clients, the another client cannot come in. You you never know whether the other client is better, right? Yeah, I think like we've that. all been brought up to be a bit conservative about things you know they always have these proverbs like a bird in hand is better than two in the bush and all that nonsense yeah. in a sense at times which yeah. sometimes makes us feel a little bit um, i would say hesitant to let go of uh, like existing clients yeah. and it's something that even i struggle with today sorry whether it's with team members <laughs> or whether it's with clients in a sense i think that is an issue that everyone faces when it comes to letting go of people Tell us maybe about your first initial experiences of, of seeing that maybe that that misfit between client and partner in a sense that you had to uh, stop with the client in a sense and having the faith and, and the confidence to gain new clients in a sense and being willing to let go of those original ones. I think at that time wasn't really, um, really a very conscious choice. But in the beginning, it's not very conscious. All right. Um, there was one particular client... I wasn't really having problem with. It's just some misunderstanding, miscommunication here and there. And then uh, you know, my mentor was telling me, is it looks like my client is taking advantage of me. Okay. And so sometimes you can just, you know, renegotiate or do something and then just retain the client. But my mentor was saying that it's actually not worth it. You know, if they're going to do this once to you, they may do it another time and things like that. So it's it's okay. And at that time, I am not, uh, I don't have time, money, freedom. But somehow you say, you know, you, you can let go of this. And because of my belief and faith in him, I actually let go of the client. Okay. So and in the beginning, you you nobody can have like total faith in the beginning, right? There's always this fear. Of course, the fear is there, but he was there to reassure me that, you know, things are still okay. You still have your other clients. Money is still coming in. You can look for new clients and things like that. So sometimes you just need that reassurance, okay? So when it's like you just go and do your job, she said, just do your job, do well in your job and uh, do your best in your job. So that's what I did. And of course, another client came to actually replace that and things like that. But now I, when I look at it, um, it was, I really, like I, I keep telling you that I'm very fortunate because of my mentor. Because at that time, it's actually sowing the seed that you are able to let go. Although at time when I'm not doing so well, you actually learn to let go at that time. And then you see that other, other jobs or other clients come in. So eventually, your faith in that, that if you even if you let go of certain jobs, another job can come, is there in you. So eventually, as your business grows, you are okay to let go of certain jobs in that sense because you have that build up that that uh, faith that uh, 
you know, if you do what you need to do, other come other other clients will actually come in to actually fill in the gap. Okay. Uh, that makes a lot of sense. And I also like that point you mentioned about faith in a sense. I feel like when we have mentors, it's a two-way process in the sense that we have faith in them before we have faith in ourselves, and they have faith in us before we have faith in ourselves in a sense. And it's yeah. often not only hard to find a mentor like that. But it's also hard to be able to open up to people like that in a sense or, or have that level of trust both ways in a sense. And from your story in a sense, there have been ups, there have been downs in a sense. So I'm sure that it wasn't easy for you to open up as well. I remember one of the first few stories that Ilungo um, Deagu, your mentor, who, uh, who I was also very fortunate and get to mentor me in a sense, used to say something like, um, Joyce used to be so quiet in a sense that if you ask her a question, she will either uh, just say, uh, or she'll, she'll just nod or she'll shake her head and it won't even be a yes or no question. So he used yeah. to share all these cute, cute stories of how you started off in a sense and how you opened up over time. Tell me first a bit about how you met your mentor in a sense and that process of learning to trust and have faith and open up after having some not so good experiences prior to that that have brought you into your shell. Mm. I was uh, some, I, I actually, I would say I somehow got myself into this awareness-based program uh, because I couldn't say no to the person who introduced me. And <laughs> I'm sure some of us have gone into that same scenario. Okay. We got sometimes get ourselves in trouble because we don't know how to say you no. Know. So I was there not to learn. I was there to actually pass the time and tell my, my the person who introduced me that I have been to the workshop. Uh, but strangely, or maybe not strangely, uh, at that time in one of the works, one of the session, it just has this because it's an awareness-based program, right? It's supposed to raise your awareness about yourself and uh, probably uh, all those things. So it is like it gives you that sudden, sudden spark of awareness that hey, something is wrong in your life. You don't have income. You have a lot of debts. You are not happy. Something is wrong, isn't it? And so, you know, and, and I've because I felt that, then I approached the facilitator and said, you know, what do I do next? Then he said, go and meet the trainer. Lah. And here I am, someone who never go and approach a trainer before, never talked to any trainer before. It just, you just find me at the end of the room. Okay? So, I it was strange, it's like, but I just felt it was really wrong. Something was really wrong in my life, and I actually took time to actually go and call him, meet up with him, and things like that. And even our first meeting is is I would say very strange. I was waiting for him outside, wait until the time comes. Okay, it's, it's meeting time. I will go in. I was there much earlier, about half an hour earlier. I just don't know what to do, and I was so it was so uncomfortable, but. Of of course, we went there and then he asked me some questions which I totally cannot remember and I do not know what I answer. But eventually, it's like he gave me a, a not say instruction, but more of what to do next. So I guess here I am, it's like I don't know where I'm going, what I'm going to do and things like that. And suddenly someone gave you an instruction uh, or, you know, a way what to do next. You just follow. So he said, okay, let's, let's do this, you know, uh, we meet up again. And maybe we go for a dinner, we go for a movie and things like that. And then you'll be thinking, what has that got to do with everything? Right? 
you know, you're going for a movie, what has that got to do with me building my business and things like that? But actually, what he's doing is actually to bring me out from my shell because I'm very unhappy at that time. Unhappy people don't are not able to grow business, okay? They can't even do the business. <laughs> right? So you need to be at least, uh, you know, at a certain emotional, you know, level of happiness first before you can actually do your work properly, I would say. And to actually eventually grow your business, you need to be really, for me, for me personally, I, I need to at least be happy with what I'm doing, excited about it. You know, it will be very sad that I do the accounts like, okay, when can I finish this? When can I, you know, when, you know when's the next one coming? You know, it becomes very boring and then you it's, it just totally drain your energy. But when you're excited about it, okay, how do I solve this thing? How do I do this thing? When can I finish this work so I can go on to the next one? Things like that. So the excitement actually uh, help you to want to be happy, of course. Secondly, it's actually to also build that that uh, happy vibes to actually attract more clients to you because then and, and you're happy doing your work and doing your work well. So those people who wants uh, someone to help them to to do their accounts uh, properly will come and look for you because you're actually attracting them. But if I'm one miserable accountant, I'll probably <laughs> attract. <laughs> No, okay, that's a very nice way to put it in a sense. Unhappy people do not run successful businesses. That's a we should quote you on that in a sense. <laughs> but then, I mean, if you go and, uh, you go and meet a business owner, right? And then they give you some sad story, miserable story. Do you think you want to work with that person? Okay, true, true. And I think fast forward to today, you're someone who not only has so many amazing clients under you, you've not only helped them grow their business in a sense. And you've not only like like I know when when we started Ascendance and you were the person who took care of our finances and all that. We were a small tiny company. Today we actually have finances and we actually have a, a need manage. for finances yes, and yes, to, yes. to be managed. And, and more and, more things for me. You know, last time I was busy. Hello. I don't know if you froze or I froze, but I got the gist of what you're saying in a sense. And I guess my question for you is like, you, you've grown with many of your clients in a sense from many of them when they're small today today when some of them are even million dollar companies in a sense uh for to, to a point where you yourself has a, have a successful business in just managing all of these finances and have your own time and money freedom but in that journey in a sense uh, of doing that i'm sure you would have seen other entrepreneurs as well not just yourself so those who were probably in similar situations of clearing up their debt of, of having to grow their business in your opinion in a sense what has been the biggest mistakes or, or, this, or the too sure mistakes. sorry can you hear me all right happen all right i think we're just having a little bit of an intellect uh internet lag issue 
So we shall await Joyce to come back for her amazing answer. So that's how important this question is in a sense. Meanwhile, if you have any other questions, you can let us know in the chat below. Any other topics around today's discussion, you can let us know in the chat below as well. And don't forget to always like and subscribe uh, to not only our channel, but also to the videos to show how much you appreciate uh, the amazing speakers who actually come on board and share their experiences with us. All right. So one of the things that I love about Joyce, maybe as we wait for the comeback, is she's actually, as I was saying, someone who's seen a lot of her clients grow in a sense. So as she said, she worked with a lot of startups initially. And then today, she's actually someone who's seen those startups grow from small businesses to million-dollar businesses. So I think Joyce has returned. So let's bring her back <laughs> to the screen. Sorry, I think we had an internet disconnect. Yes, yes. Yeah, no. disconnected. And at the, at the point when share more things, right? Yes. Yeah, so, it's the, was the, the most important question that I was going to ask you in a sense. Yeah. So what, what I was basically uh, asking in a sense is, you've, you've seen a lot of these businesses, not just as an entrepreneur who has grown your own business, but you see a lot of people grow their businesses in a sense. From mm -hmm. your point of okay. view, what do you think has been the biggest, I would say, uh, challenges or uh, mistakes that people make when they want to move from employment to running their own business that stops them from being able to excel in their business or their journey as entrepreneur? I think one part of it is the finances. Uh, no doubt about it because sometimes you are, how do I say, the fear of not having enough is very strong in most of us. Okay. Um, when, when you have fear of that you don't have enough to cover your expenses the coming month, I don't think you can focus on your business. That's one part. Okay, so that's one. Two is to have faith that it will all be okay in the end if you focus on doing your job well. Because a lot of times people are looking for quick results. You know, when I work on this, I should get my, my returns within a year and things like that. I have seen businesses that was uh, still um, at the initial, initial stages of business where they still have need funding from other people and some of them the the owners actually you know take very minimal salary and things like that but they are very passionate about what they do and now i can see them having reaping the the their efforts you know reaping the results from their efforts because uh now their business has grown and people know them out there they they are well known for the the work that they do and things like that so is us having the faith that you know believe in the things that you do i believe that you need to have that faith even though it may not it may take some time but if you continue on and you're really really passionate about what you do it will uh work out in the end of course you must have the right attitude and um approach towards things in a sense that you are you are looking at a business that is always ever changing so you must look for solutions uh, look at uh, what can help you to grow your business and uh, willing to let go of things, I guess. Let go of people who doesn't support your business. Look, let go of people who are, um, you know, have a lot of opinions about your business but has no idea how to run your business. Okay, there are a lot of people out there who are like that. So you just have to ignore those things because if not, you'll get to you. They'll be asking questions like, you. so when are you guys going to... to break even, huh? you know, and, and start doing profits and things like that, you see. So 
uh, what I think for some of the businesses, the owners are very, very passionate about what they do. And they believe that they can contribute back to the society based on what they are doing. And they are impacting a lot of people's lives and things like that. So they still continue on, although they may not see the result at that point of time. But now they are much better, of course, uh, because of their persistency, because of their uh, belief in what they do. It actually does turn out well after that. That is very amazing. And it also encapsulates, I think, your journey in a sense and how that reflects in kind of like the elements that you see in other people's journey. On the other side of things, you don't just help these startups grow in a sense. You also help many finance professionals actually come into their, their own space in the finance industry. Uh, Simply Empowering is not just a company that you... Uh, run alone. You have a huge team, I would say, that does different sections um, in, from personal finance to uh, working with people uh, who are sitting for their accounting ACC exams to giving industry participation to upcoming finance professionals on top of your regular business and your main chunk of things, which is serving clients. In a sense. So a huge area of services today with teams of uh, people who work on this full time, some people who are part time freelancers. And for you, I, one of the things that I've noticed about your team, which is very fascinating, is despite all of you being finance professionals, you do not fit into the typical mold of, with, of finance professionals that people think of. I mean, people have this. Sometimes I've heard that they have this opinion of accountants that they're very quiet, they're very, I would say, reserved, much like the picture that you were painting earlier. But from what I know yeah. about you now, at the very least, and from the, your team, in a sense, you are all very vibrant, uh, I would say, uh, very exciting people who are always looking at what's the next challenge what's the next idea in a sense and that must show something as from you as a mentor and a leader who has built this team in a sense so how have you uh, gone about creating a culture where these different individuals who come to your team can flourish in this industry and find their own footing in it well, how, how do you do that as someone who runs a business and at the same time provides that space for them to, to try things out and, and, and keep their, their spark alive, I'd say. I, first, I must give credit to my mentor who actually guided me to actually build this. It's not my, my effort alone, okay? But one of the things that um, I realized is that I must want to build a team first. That means it has to start with my thoughts that I want to build a team because if not, whoever comes will not fit in. Okay, that's <laughs> Really? really? I'm sure many people, they think they say they want to build a team, but in their thoughts, they're like, oh my God, why? Yeah, they don't, they, don't, they don't really want a team because it actually happened to me because my mentor has been telling me that, you know, you need to more people in your company and things like that. I will say yes, 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 but no one came because frankly, I don't, uh, probably I don't see the need at that time because I was doing fine. So he had to literally send someone to me and ask me, can you, uh, you know, do what you, you can with this person, you know, train her up to be an accountant because she was studying for uh, professional uh, papers and things like that. So she wants to be an accountant. So can you, you know, work with her and tell her, show her the ropes now, basically. So here I am in, uh, you know, uh, innocently guiding this person and things like that, not knowing that this person will be a one, a major part of my team later. Okay. And, um, so I, I just, at that time, he just say, you know, share what you know, just 
teach lah. So I say, okay lah, I just teach lah. So whatever I know, I try as much as possible to share with the person. Um, and uh, amazingly, the person didn't, didn't run away because <laughs> one thing is, I really, I don't know how to teach people. That's the truth. Back then, I, la, now you grow okay. Yeah, I, I think it's more on sometimes different people have different approach of, you know, learning. And I'm still like, I haven't really taught anyone. So it would be an experiment for me. And, uh, but somehow it, it seems okay because like I said, I have my mentor and my mentor is also mentoring the, the other person. So it's, it's an advantage for me because anything that, um, that needed help with, my mentor actually comes in and help. Okay. So we, we work together on the accounts part of it first. And it went on for a while, so we grow our account outsource accounting business and things like that. Then one day we, you know, we it was actually came out from the uh, the uh, the how do I say the passion from the third member uh, of my team, the the core team. Okay, so her name is Vishnu. Vishnu basically uh, teaches. Um, it may be strange to some people because it was strange to me. Because when I was doing my professional paper, I don't actually need a tutor to help me. So when when she told me that she actually tutors people to pass their exam, it was like, do people actually do that? But they <laughs> are need further help. Lah. Okay. So, and her business grew from there. But they also realized that um, the exams is one thing. When uh, Vishnu came and worked, she realized that there's this, uh, gap between experience and uh, theory. So she became very passionate about sharing this with other people, about with her students and with other people out there, things like that. And that's how we actually started off with a workshop for accountants to actually learn a little bit more of what are the other aspects of accounts. Okay, and we started off with three people, three, three participants, and now it has grown to at least about what, 17, 18 people per workshop. And the the you remember the thing that I said about that I'm not good at marketing, right? Mm -hmm. Throughout my whole whole uh career, that is the, the thread my my you know one skill that I really need to learn. Then you know is sometimes is instead of you doing it yourself, if you can go into the mode of collaboration. You know, when you collaborate with someone who is skillful in marketing, it really does wonders for your business because Vishnu is really one amazing marketer. Okay. So in a way, it's like she's a very good fit in it. She can do marketing and she can also do her own business and also help out with the workshop and things like that. So this is one thing. But we are still not complete yet, you know, because, you know, doing a workshop and especially when we're doing online, the engagement of the participant is something which all of us are learning. And then came the expert in the form of Madura, who is actually my first, uh, how do I say, my first person. The, first, the one who first didn't person. run away. <laughs> the one who didn't run away. And she's actually the co-founder of Ascendance. I think you, you know her very well. And she has tons of experience, you know, uh, in doing workshops and training. And that's where the expertise actually came in and, and it was a very good fit. All of us have bring into the table a different skill and we actually made something new of it and we made it in a very successful uh, business in a way. 
Okay. So sometimes we don't, I feel like some businesses we talk about, oh, I must be the one person to do everything. That I must have everything, everything under one roof. But if you can collaborate with different people, uh, you know, who are skillful in that area, sometimes it gives you a, a different, how do I say, a different uh, business, probably I would say business product or services, that's one. And then it, 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 it comes to a stage where you don't need to learn everything or to have everything to actually provide a service. You can collaborate with people. And that's one of the things that we actually advocate a lot, in, I think, in Niki Ideas is collaboration. We look at what you are skillful at, what you are good at, and where can you fit in and work as a team. And this is one example of different people, different skill set coming together and build something together that is truly successful in that sense and impact other people because some of them, uh, we are talking about um, a skill to actually do a full set of accounts. It, it may think like it's something very simple, but really when they come in to actually do the work, it, some of them can't really do it. So we are actually trying to help them to gain that skill. Okay. So we see the impact in their life. Some of them has gone on to actually have more, uh, you know, more presence in their company. And some of them actually came up to do more uh, also freelance accounts and things like that. And so that's where the, you know, the fear of people taking over a job will come, which you still need to manage. Because one of the things is that, yes, you build more accountants, more skillful accountants. They may take some jobs, but I'm only one person. I cannot provide to everyone in the market. So, you know, I, if I'm able to help someone to provide that this that service to someone else, and that person benefit it, I think I have done what is best for me and for, for that person. Okay. No, so, definitely, definitely. Uh, and I think that that's a very very nice way to, as we wrap up, in a sense that you yeah. not only I would say grow your business but you give back into helping other people grow their business not just in other industries but even in your own industry in a sense and mm. as you said i feel like that's a very human way to approach entrepreneurship in a sense because <laughs> one of the things no i'm serious i'm serious and as we wind down our conversation maybe for the last question i know really right time flies so fast but anyway but maybe yeah yeah okay yeah. You were worried that you wouldn't have enough to share. I think I have too many questions not to ask you, but I'll limit myself to one in a sense. Okay. But, but one of the main things in that I can't that I pick up from throughout your story is you're like when, when people normally say entrepreneur and things like that, they always have a certain type of person in mind, a very extroverted kind of person, good at sales, very charismatic, very uh competitive in a sense, which personally I feel I don't fit any of those. So I think and you are an inspiring entrepreneur than most people out there, at least to me, in a sense, because I think I can relate to you more than most people out there. And seeing you as someone who's successful, uh, I think at a young age is what I think inspired me to at least pursue entrepreneurship and have confidence in myself. So first of all, thank you. But second of all, for other people out there who maybe they don't fit the mold of entrepreneurship or they don't fit the the typical stereotype of how an entrepreneur looks like in a sense. Um, what What's your advice for them to start pursuing their own career through this world of entrepreneurship in a sense? I think it's, uh, I always believe in um, focusing on what you do best, meaning that don't try to be good at everything. Uh, it, um, 
the areas right they are accounts there's audit there's also the tax part and there's also other financing business, business the advisory and uh the, there are some a lot of finance is very good in everything i collaborate meaning that i see who can fit into my business yes i may i may not earn that money but i feel that uh, my client is better served by someone who's good at that area rather than me trying to uh be good at everything and then you know be what they call half past six in every in all areas right i rather focus and be good at what I do and collaborate. And of course, it, it based on my, not to say a little experiment, but more on that, uh, you know, the result that we got from combining three people to form something amazing, the, this amazing thing, team that we have, I feel that it is uh, the way to, to go in terms of business in the future. Collaborate with people who can, can bring you higher, of course. Okay. Once you see, you know, they can fit in. Of course, it's not, it's going to be a trial and error thing. It's not going to find the best fit. All right. I have people coming into the business, you know, they do an internship and they come and they go, you know, they, they don't stay. Uh, mainly also because of the, the character fit, their value system are different and things like that. So I think for, if you talk about entrepreneurship, growing your business is always a continuous, uh, uh, how do I say, a continuous learning you know finding the right people finding the right product finding the right uh services finding the the right approach to actually market your product and sometimes some things amazing can come out from collaborating you know you, you never know that you, when you partner with someone some amazing product or amazing service can come about and both can grow at the same time so instead of competing you can actually collaborate and bring your business higher all right very very well said and i think that's the perfect note to actually end our session for today thank you so much joyce for being on our show and for sharing your experiences and the very human parts of entrepreneurship with us today i don't know about the audience but i definitely learned a lot from you which i talk to you very often so i'm i'm a little bit, but still i feel like today's session taught me so much i need to go home and i just relax after this but thank you. Okay. I really do appreciate you being on the show and sharing this. And I hope that the audience had as much fun as I had and that you had as much fun as I had recalling your experiences with us. Yeah, but it's it's like one of the things you will notice that there's a lot of a lot of obstacles in this thing. So in business, <laughs> it does happen. But you just have to continue on and continue uh, the business uh, and finding solutions. I guess that's one of the lessons I got from here because really there's so many things that's happening that uh, you know that you need to handle, you know, to, to make this happen. You see, so it's, it's the same in business. You never know what will happen, so you just need to have the right mindset to actually, okay, focus and and just work on the thing that you are really passionate about. Okay. Well, thank you, Joyce. And to our audience, thank you for joining us for today's session of Changing Reality. Do join us once again every Thursday at 10 p.m. ET and whatever time that is around the world. So for now, if you make sure you like, comment, and tell us how much you love today's session in the chat below and any other topics that you want to talk about too. And with that, I think we'll officially close our session today. And I'll see you guys next week. Bye. You're listening to Changing Reality. Changing Reality, where we bend reality all across the world.
only on WQHS Radio.